you summarize with other words what a scientist today would call the autophagy, mm -hmm. the capacity of the fasting cell to clean itself. Fasting, integrative medicine and inspiration. The Buchinger Wilhelmi Amplius program, where tradition meets innovation. As pioneers of fasting, we share our insights gained from a century of fasting experience and present fascinating results from the latest fasting research. We will talk to leading experts about fasting and aspects of integrative mind and body medicine, including nutrition, exercise, relaxation and mindfulness techniques to inspire you to live a long, healthy and fulfilling life. Hello everybody, my name is Françoise Wilhelmi de Toledo. I'm the scientific director of uh, the clinics Buchinger Wilhelmi in Überlingen, Germany and Marbella, south of Spain. And I have the great pleasure today to have as guest Lama Tenzing. The way he came to Überlingen is really interesting. He came from Lhasa to Winterthur and then from Winterthur he had a long stay in Europe and then he met someone from our clinic in Marbella, and now he is in this clinic in Überlingen. And he is doing seminars of meditation, conferences, to bring us the treasure of wisdom from the Tibetans, Tibetish, uh, Tibetan uh, Buddhism, which uh, is really something very uh, missing piece of our culture. And so, it's really very special when it's someone from their own country, from Tibet, who are coming here. I would just like to ask you if you would do a little biography, how you came to Europe and how you turned to be a monk. Thank you very much. I'm Lama Denzin. I was born in Lhasa. So with 11, I came to Switzerland and was studying under great Buddhist masters at that time. Till 20, I was studying in Europe in Buddhist various Dharma centers. With 20, I went to India and went to a Buddhist monastery university in South India and studied 17 years and completed my study. I came back 10 years back to Switzerland and started to teach Buddha Dharma, Buddhist psychology, Buddhist philosophy, meditation, and also the Tibetan yoga, the Lujung yoga, and ancient Tibetan methods of uh, healing the body, the mind, and emotions. So now I'm invited to here to teach the Tibetan meditation. I'm very glad to have this opportunity. Yes, uh, you know maybe that uh, our philosophy of fasting includes the fasting itself, integrative medicine, which is an agglomeration of traditional medicine, natural medicine, and the scientific medicine of today. And the third dimension we call inspiration. It is um, a bit the spiritual dimension of fasting. Do you have fasting, a fasting tradition in Buddhism? Yes, as we know, our historical teacher, the great Buddha, Lord Buddha, he did fast during six years. He was eating very less. And also in Tibet, we have tradition of fasting during the Buddha's uh, birthday, um, month of the birthday. And at auspicious times, we do 
fast. The fasting has a very positive effect on our health and also for the meditation. We are fasting on the body level, that's we don't we eat less. And also we can fast on the through the meditation, we do a kind of fasting through less thinking, less mental activity, which also is a kind of fasting. The fasting um, brings us to more like the clean through the cleansing effect within our body, our mind gets more clear. And when we meditate, so we can observe how our mind is a lot, kind of so much active in the everyday life. Through, activity, through the meditation, we can know, we can observe our, our thoughts and our reaction. So when we fast, so the system will become more clear, our mind more clear. That's why it's very much uh, helpful to fast. Also in the Tibetan medicine, the fasting will be regarded as a very important part for the health because the digestion is the basic of our health. And if we use our digestion, we don't give the digestion too much uh, food. And if the digestion gets like uh, used for it through the fasting, it can uh, cleanse all the body toxics. So it's very much recommended from the Buddhist part and also from the Tibetan medical part of the view. You summarize with other words what a scientist today would call the autophagy, mm -hmm. the capacity of the fasting cell to clean itself. But another quotation from what you just said, I would like you to ask to say more about it, is when you say fasting is to renounce to food, When you meditate, you renounce to words because you are in silence, but you renounce also to mental activity. This is something very difficult for the people today in our countries. And uh, I think we, th this is the reason why so many people from the West want to learn meditation. It's almost part of, of, of normal lifestyle today. This is what you teach. Can you tell us the function of meditation and as this particular aspect of the mental activity and how can you stop it and be more ha happy? Yes, in Buddhism, the Buddha's teaching will be like divided into the insight meditation and also the concentration meditation and also the ethics, the three aspects of Buddhism. So the inside meditation, we have a one meditation. One is like bringing the mind back to our breath, concentration meditation, that the mind doesn't go to different objects and thoughts to the past and future, and with a lot of thoughts of expectation and fear. So we bring the uh, concentration or our awareness back to our breath. So it's called shamatha meditation. It's called calm abiding meditation. The second inside meditation, is um, very much how to, it's like kind of analytical meditation where we, for example, when we get up early morning, so we have like an inside in our head, like a radio, which is always turned on. So we listen, we get a news from our head. The head is telling you stories. Inside meditation, we work like that. Early morning, you listen to your thoughts and you just listen and ask who is thinking in your head. And second question is, do the thoughts make sense? 
And we, in our tradition, we say, as a result of this analyzing method, you will know that you cannot trust all these thoughts. Very less of the thoughts making sense, but many of the thoughts are just automatically from the past time, what we thought and what we have observed, like coming back like a wave. You didn't think. In Japan, people say, the Zen master says, who is thinking in our head? Then he said, it's thinking, not you are thinking. So this analytical method to observe your thoughts in this moment, wherever you are, gives you the chance not to become a slave of your thought patterns. And then you can have a sort of using your intelligence to distinguish between the thought what makes sense or what not makes sense. And you have lots of space and time when you can know that you are not following with all the thoughts, you have lots of space and quietness. So it makes, gives you lots of creativity. And also through the uh, creativity and quietness, you have lots of inspiration and also intuit, intuition new, for new ideas. You talked about so this possibility to concentrate having no thoughts at all. I suppose this is the supreme, the last step. But the first one would be to be aware that you have this sort of a constant mental activity that can be also very toxic. Yes. How do you, who is deciding if a thought is toxic and who thinks? How does it come to this analyze? Yes, the analyze is really one of the quality of our mind. Our mind has got the intelligence, the mind has got also the power of concentration and memory and mindfulness. Our mind can think about something like analytical aspect, like the scientists analyze the nature of the substances, material substances. We can analyze with our mind our thoughts. So you can sort, uh, because of analyzing about the cause and effect, what, they bring, what does these thoughts bring in us? Um, confusion, fear, or harmony. So with the compassion, you can feel that loving compassion. You can feel, you feel relaxed and you feel calm. With anger thoughts and more too much expectation, too much desire, you will feel disturbed. If you compare every time yourself with others, you will feel you are never good enough. So you feel suffering. So through this own, using own intelligence of your own mind, so Buddha teaches this, that we can use our mind to, on the path of enlightenment. So you can observe and later on you will become the lord of your own mind. So your mind will no make you a slave, make your life miserable. So this is the, actually the goal of meditation. First, you cannot stop the thoughts. The thought will be there. First is to know to identify and know to believe the thoughts. That slowly you will know exactly now I will think something and you will think then you have good ideas. If you don't want to think, you don't think. You just sit and drink tea. This is the power of the meditation. Yes. So if I understood you well, when um, you want to sort your thoughts, you notice how emotionally you react to the thoughts. If you mm -hmm. react by joy, harmony, and well-being, this might be a creative 
mental activity leading to maybe good actions or mm -hmm. um, focus uh, discoveries. And when you feel anger, unfulfilled expectations or expectations, this means this thought shouldn't be believed. Maybe you mm. can tell us the bad thoughts and when you speak about expectations, fear, anger, tell us more about so in Buddhism, to know in Buddhism, Buddha was teaching very clearly what are the wrong thoughts. Wrong thoughts basically are categorized in three. The three mental poisons. It's called three mental poisons. The ignorance, the desire, attachment or desire, and the anger, aversion and anger. So the, the ignorance is something kind of grasping on our own notion of me and I, I am, I am the thoughts, I am the pain and suffering, and whatever happens is my fault, I do always wrong, I'm not good enough, this is ignorance, right? Not ignorance about not knowing the birds, how they fly, or what the fish swim, how, the, how many fish are in this lake. Buddha was teaching exactly the nature of our own mind, and which exactly especially who you are, your true nature. Buddha was teaching your true nature is not the thoughts. You are creating the thoughts and you can redo the thoughts. The second one is the desire. Always you want this and that. We say you search for the elephant in the forest while the elephant is at your, at your home. You're searching for outside everywhere, pleasure, sensory pleasure social recognition, and you never be at home, like you're really completely not um, having this awareness of being here and knowing that you are really happy, you can have lots of uh, thought, thank you can be very thankful that you are alive and you have really this possibility to breathe and see the beautiful flowers, right? The third one is the anger. You, we anger so much because we have so much expectation. So we are disappointed because we have expectation. People should be like this. People are not like this. That's why I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed with me because now I meditate and the thoughts are coming. I don't want the thoughts. So this is also anger. And this, when this kind of aversion comes, you know, we learn in the monasteries, Exactly the definition of this disturbed disturbance or the delusion, this um, wrong thinking. And we learn the characteristics, their nature, their source, cause and effect. So later after knowing this all, we will know, okay, this thought looks like anger. This thought looks like bringing me more desire and more negative self-identification. So we then no, after observation, then we let go these kind of thoughts. Yes. So anger, fear, and expectations. Mm -hmm. um, this can be also these three feelings coming out of the heart, for instance, if you are angry because someone does really something wrong or is hurting someone else. And expectations, when they come from the heart, can be also a motor for for progress, for uh, mm. self-enhancement um, of your consciousness. 
So maybe you mm -hmm. tell us how to distinguish in the quality of mm, the yes. poisons. So basically the poisons, for example, the fear is a very useful tool. If you don't have fear, something is dangerous for you and you have no sense for the danger, you will be drawing over by car by car, right? And this health, this is not uh, the distinguishing between the fear, this is uh, which is um, klesha in Sanskrit, it's like a deluded mind coming out of delusion. The fear is, is kind of unrealistic fear. Unrealistic fear, I would like call it. Or desire, also unrealistic desire. If you like somebody, some people, that's not desire. Desire is more for your ego conception, consumption, you are using the people for your satisfaction without compassion. That's desire. And anger also, if some children do something and the teacher is really a bit angry because the children never learn and the teacher get a little bit loud out of the good intention, this is not really anger. Anger is something, hatred, which sees the person as a very enemy and um, if somebody, if somebody does a mistake in the company or <clears throat> school, you have to be also very consequent and explain everything, and do not let this error happen again. That's not angry. This is more like kind of like angry, but out of the wisdom, out of the clear intention, and not making the person as a fault and hate that person because the person made something wrong. Everyone makes mistake, but the mistake should be corrected through the wisdom, through really understanding. And But the anger energy told you, now I have to react. So that's also useful. Basic, basically it's useful, but the ego is misusing it and it destroys society, the harmony, in the society and also in the family. So if we are not just passive, if something mistake happens, but you have sensitivity to the mistake, then you is a very good one. It's like anger, but you are not hating the person. You have compassion, but you are reacting very bravely. This is a good one. Yes. What you say is such a treasure of wisdom and it's a way and it's something we, we don't have in our culture. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for teaching that and taking your person even to come to us or mm -hmm. to other places where you really um, give that as a present for the people. Did you get something from our culture that you could also maybe transport to the Tibetans or... Uh, see something that yes. we... Yes. Very much. Because I did this master's um, uh, study program through the La Salle House, the interreligious, uh, to, to the topic of study about the interreligious mystique. And through this, uh, I had the, um, many opportunities to know, to learn many other European scholars and thinkers, scientists. So all, through all of this uh, inter interaction, I have to I I came to know the organization in Europe, how to organize things and how to how to the society structure in Switzerland and Germany, how to they also that everything the all the people have uh, right on uh, medical insurance, 
and write on the pension in the, when they go old. All this system I find wonderful. One should have some kind of this system in, in of Switzerland, something also in applied in also this one in Germany, applied in Tibet. So the organizations way how to build the machines, the road, how to improve the social structure, the health structure. We can learn lots from European countries. Yes. Thank you very much. And um, I saw yesterday where you give a talk here, uh, how, how many people came and how thirsty the people have for this message you are giving. And especially when you give it as a person who is totally in, in harmony with this thinking. And uh, this is um, an enormous enrichment for us. And so I look very forward next year, you are going to come back and give a real seminary. Uh, maybe with some <clears throat> postures and yoga and you, we can uh, have more talk about it. I thank yes, you very thank you much. thank you very much for having me and, here. And thank come back soon. Much.